Some of the guys were talking. Uh, they were like, how come you never fired your weapon in the office before? Good point. I'm sorry, I, I don't follow. You've never fired your weapon in the office? We all have, you know. It's called a desk pop. Fellas, look, I, I know you don't respect me as a police officer. Not true. I'm not stupid. I'm not Bro, going to discharge on, my firearm in the office. Gamble, listen to me. I'll try to make it real clear. We yeah. honor the flag, and you crap on it when you don't shoot your gun in the office. Jimmy, when was the last time you had a desk pop? September 08. Be a man. Do this out. Please, please do it. Pop one off. There you go. Pop it off. Don't think, just don't go. Think. Here we go. Do it, yes. Hey, Terry, I did I did my first desk pop. It's a real thing, right? A desk pop? Yeah. No, that's not real. They were so convincing in their argument. They swung me. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Average, and before we dive into our movie for today, I wanted to remind you to rate, follow, or subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss another second of the show. And finally, uh, just a spoiler warning before we dive into this movie, uh, today's movie is The Other Guys, so if you have not seen it, I would recommend watching it first before listening to this episode of the podcast because we are going to spoil it. So without further ado, let's dive into the show. And today I am joined once again by my co-host, Austin Garrett. Austin, what's up, dude? Uh, not much, man. I'm excited to jump into this movie. This movie is very near and dear to my heart. It is very near and dear to mine as well. And you may be wondering, so why the other guys for a show called Perfectly Average? Well... It's been the hot topic of discussion on Twitter lately because it recently dropped on Netflix. But on Letterboxd, which is what we use for our criteria for this show, it still carries a 3 out of 5 score there. So Pretty average. It's, it's pretty average on Letterboxd, and that's why we're doing it, because it fits the criteria. And we, we'll talk about some of why people may think it's average, why um, not everybody loves it. Um, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 78% fresh, which is a great score. Yeah. Um, especially for a comedy. Yeah. It carries an crashed. <laughs> yeah, carries an average score of 6.73, which is also pretty decent. Uh, but the audience score, much like the Letterbox, we don't take much of account in Rotten Tomatoes audience scores. But for what it's worth, the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 60% or three out of five, just like it is on Letterbox. Yeah. So audiences clearly in mass aren't huge fans of this movie. So that's kind of why we're going to dive into it and pick it apart and talk about things we love, things we don't love and all that kind of good stuff. Mm. So the other guys was released in 2010, uh, written and directed by Adam McKay. Chris Henchy also helped write the script. And if you don't know who Adam McKay is, he has worked with Will Ferrell a lot over the years. Uh, Anchorman one and two Talladega nights, step brothers go down the, the list of classic Will Ferrell comedies. Adam McKay was probably involved somewhere along the line. And Austin, I believe you have a little tidbit about Adam McKay and how he actually pulled this movie together. Yeah, so uh, from what I've read, the the idea for this movie came about, um, I think, at a dinner in like 2008, 2009, when Adam McKay had uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell over for dinner, and, and he saw their uh, their chemistry while they were at dinner, and so he he wrote 
uh, an email to a producer named Kevin or Kevin Messick, and so he says, "Hey, I just had dinner with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, and and they had awesome chemistry, and I think it would be awesome to do a, a cop film, like a buddy cop film, with them together." And so that's like where the idea came from. They started uh, writing the script, developing it into a film, and here we are in uh, 2020 talking about a movie that's 10 years old at this point. Um, that's kind of crazy that uh, just a, a dinner yeah, <laughs> created. Pretty, pretty this, wild. Yeah. So we mentioned a couple times that this movie is 10 years old. Did you? When was the first time that you saw the other guys? I saw it in theater. Really? Uh, yeah, I saw it in theater. I was it was 2000, so it was 2010, summer of 2010. Yep. Um, and I watched it with my dad and my brother. So I would have been 13 about to turn 14, which not the best <laughs> not, not well, the best time to see that movie. Well, to be fair, it is a PG-13 comedy, which is kind of remarkable because yeah. Will Ferrell doesn't do a ton of those. No. And so, yeah, it is PG-13. So you were within every legal kind of kind of thing to go watch that movie. So my brother, okay. my brother was nine at the time. So okay, that's, so that's a little more. <laughs> but it was, yeah, so I thought I saw it in the theater, and uh, I was excited when it came out. And I, I've, ha- I've watched a lot of movies in the theater, but I don't know if I've ever laughed harder in a theater than this movie. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so what about you? When did uh, when was the first time you saw this? I did not see it in theaters. I would have been 12 years old when it came out in theaters. 11, about to turn 12. Did cool. not see it in theaters. Um, I think my parents probably made the right call there yep. uh, for me personally. Um, but I ended up watching it when it came out on DVD uh, yep. with one of my friends who had rented it. and we, I was probably in like 8th grade maybe at the time uh, when I saw it for the first time. And man, I just laughed hysterically it helped that it was probably like one in the morning so everything's more funny yeah so but i cannot remember laughing as hard as i did watching that for the first time and it, uh, it just it's non-stop man it, the movie just jokes and jokes and jokes for the entire you know, it, of it it really is um so how has the movie aged for you over the past 10 years um it's <clears throat> it's on netflix right now so have you had a chance to watch it on Netflix and revisit it? And what what are your thoughts now? Yeah, I just rewatched it the other day. Uh, I've this is one that I've come back to several times throughout the years. Um, so I bet you I've probably seen this movie five six times. Um, and I just watched it the other day. Uh, I think it holds up. A lot of the jokes are still funny. Some of the jokes are like, oh man. You couldn't say that in 2020. No, you could not. <laughs> we'll get this one of the drugs, I'm sure. But yeah. Um, there's one, I, and we can talk about it later, but there's one scene. It's the opening scene. Made me want to throw up, man. All the quick cuts in that opening. Oh, scene. yeah. The action in this movie is oh my uh, n- not great. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. The, yeah, the jokes in it, great. But the opening sequence, I, I wrote a note when I was watching through it. It was like, this is this is Michael Bay's, like... I think that's what they're going for, too, a little bit. I think kind so of, too. To kind of make fun of that genre. Yeah. That Just, The bad boys, the... Yeah. The, you know, those... Uh, the Beverly Hills Cop, like, those kind of... That genre of movies, I think, is kind of what they're trying to make fun of a little bit. Um, 
it was with Samuel L. Jackson and the Rock's characters. And, and so, yeah, it, I think that's what they're going for, but it, it still wasn't, I don't think, handled great. But Oh, man, it made me sick. <laughs> what yeah, about I've, you? I've seen this movie a lot. I have a, I run a Illinois sports Twitter page with a good friend of mine, and we will, over the past three years, we just randomly send quotes to this movie to each other. <laughs> and since... It's come out on Netflix. It has been far more frequent, which is great. Um, but I've probably this is the comedy I've probably seen the most times. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I probably in double digits, upwards of <laughs> 20, 30 something times. I yeah. for some of you who don't know, I'm a hip hop artist, and like six years ago, I did a song, and the chorus was just clips from this movie, like <laughs> interlaid. So. I've I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I truly do. Yeah, it's great. So let's kind of dive into it then. And uh, I had a conversation with my mom who was watching it not too long ago, and she was kind of where you were, I guess, with the opening sequence. She was like, "Man, I just forgot how stupid this was. Like the opening, <laughs> the opening sequence and the, the opening chase, and I." The Rock and Samuel Jackson in this movie, <laughs> I feel like, are just kind of playing themselves a little bit. Yeah. Like, Samuel Jackson is just Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and The Rock. And The Rock, at this point in time, is just The Rock. Yeah. And uh, we don't get introduced to our main characters right away. Instead, we get introduced to these two characters, who we do, we do not hold on to for very long at all. No. In, they, they... in one of my favorite death scenes. Aim for Ever. the bushes. <laughs> the aim for the bushes moment. My hero by the Foo Fighters is blasting. Yeah. Everything about it is just great. But that's and a immediately, immediately cuts with them smacking the concrete 38 yeah. stories below, and it goes to the funeral. The funeral. <laughs> oh, it was. Yep. It was unbelievable. Like that, when I saw that in theater. Uh, that was the moment I looked over at my dad and my brother and I was like, what are we watching? Yeah. Like, we're in for a ride. And it was because when you get those two guys and they were at the. Oh, for sure. I don't I'd, love, I'd love to see a movie with those two, by the way. Dancing and Highsmith, man. Uh, it was like, that's what Hobbs and Shaw should have been. It was <laughs> Dancing and Highsmith. Yeah. And it was like when they introduced him, you're like, OK, there'll be these hot shot cops or hot shot cops who are there the whole movie. And our main characters are the other guys, the guys on the periphery. And no, that's not that's not Adam McKay's goal at all. He's gonna no. immediately. And and we kind of we get introduced after they save save New York City or whatever for a, a small marijuana charge or whatever. And uh, they come back to the police station after Dwayne the Rock Johnson has the iconic Kim Kardashian the moment the no yeah. comment. But, but yes, yes. <laughs> that moment, they get go back to the station and we get introduced to the other guys. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg's characters. And they they're like you said uh, at the beginning about Adam McKay talking about their chemistry. It is. I mean, they've done three movies together at this point. It yeah. is remarkable to watch them on screen. Everything they say is hilarious. Yeah. And it just works. Like, I don't. I don't even know if it should have or whatever, but it just works. Every line is gold from them. 
Every joke is perfectly timed. And I, I, I'm not a huge Mark Wahlberg fan. Like, I just, sure. I don't really like him. But I love him in this movie. And his chemistry with Will Ferrell in, you know, they've done three movies together. Which um, I'm still mad they did a Daddy's Home sequel before they did another guy's sequel. But, you know, it's okay. I'm so mad. Uh, but them working together was funny. And it was the funniest I've ever seen Mark Wahlberg and the most likable I've ever seen Mark, Mark Wahlberg, even though he's not supposed to be super likable. Yeah. And it's probably, for me, the funniest Will Ferrell has been in Absolutely. a good minute, too. I mean, if you go down a list of horrible movies he's been in oh my gosh. over the past five to ten years, I mean, yeah. you can... A lot of people, I, I there's a lot of hype for me going into Anchorman 2 because I was in middle school and I watched Anchorman 1 all the time with my friends. And the first half of Anchorman 2 was great. And then the second half kind of fell off a cliff. <laughs> and and yeah. so I don't, besides Anchorman 2, like that's like the last watchable, because I'm not a huge fan of Daddy's Home 1 or 2. So yeah. the other guys is pretty much like the last good Will Ferrell movie I can really hold on to. Yeah. I mean, it's, let's not mention Holmes and Watson. Like, we don't need to go down that. No. And there was also that one he did with Amy Poehler, and the, their, their daughter goes off to college, and they turn their house into a casino. I forget what that's called. but oh, I, Yeah. Gosh, too. Gosh, yeah. And so yeah. we get, I think for me, the funniest parts of this movie are the, are the scenes that take place in the office. Yeah. In the, in the police station. Those are my favorite scenes in the movie, and the desk pop. The desk pop is probably <laughs> my favorite scene in the entire movie. If I had to pick one, the the line in Tuna Bit is obviously <laughs> comedy gold. Yeah, it's great. But I feel like at this point, I've seen that scene like an infinite an infinite amount of times. So it's I don't want to say it's like lost its luster, but. It's it's not my favorite scene anymore. It's got to be the desk pop for me. But if you had to pick a favorite moment in the in the police station, what would you what would yours be? Oh man, uh, I don't know. Oh shoot, um, desk pop is up there. A lot of my favorite scenes um, take place outside of the, the okay. station. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's they're all so good. I, hold on, I'm pulling up my notes. Oh, I have two fa- the okay. Here's, here's the answer to your question. My favorite yes. inside the police station is uh, every time that Terry, uh, which is Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg every is time he says, I'm a peacock, you got to let me fly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> and he says it over and over again. And uh, it's incredible. But yeah, the tuna, the desk pop, all incredible. The 915 bit is <laughs> also just incredible. <laughs> I don't know if the if the line that precedes the 915, let's have a great day, everybody, was on the script or improv, but it is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that whole sequence is great. Uh, the opening the opening sequence where Will Ferrell's character, Alan's just on the computer smiling or whatever, and Mark Wahlberg's like, can you stop smiling like that? And like that whole exchange is, is just perfect, too. And I think one of the more underrated parts of this movie, I tweeted this out, not too long ago. Michael Keaton is hilarious in this movie. I'm glad you Absolutely him. hilarious. With him just subtly dropping TLC lyrics. Oh my and... gosh. That 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 running gag 
is probably like of all running gags ever is probably one of my favorites uh, to ever exist. Michael it, Keaton might be the highlight of the entire movie for me. Uh, oh man, yeah. The fact that he has an off uh, an off hours job at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, and he walks into a, a staff meeting at Bed Bath and Beyond, and he's giving them notes. And then he ends. He's like, "Oh, one last thing. There's a rapist in Town Heights." And he's like, "Oh, wait, that's for my other job." Like that always <laughs> yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah, it's it's Michael Keaton in this movie. There are not enough good things I could say. I we'll get into probably the uh, the whisper fight in the in the bar in a second. Yep. But when he walks in and just starts whispering, whispering, yelling at everybody is so funny. Like it. It is really, truly fantastic. But the the main plot of this movie is... I don't want to say yeah. it's it's confusing. Because I don't think it is. And I've seen it like 20 times. So at this point, to me, it is not confusing. But it is a little hard to follow at some points, I would say. As yeah, far as... You know the yeah. guy that they're trying to go after or whatever. Yeah, but David or trying Scott. to connect all the dots really yeah. didn't line up for me until... Pretty much, like, it was pretty foggy for me for most of the movie when I saw it for the first time. Yep. I don't know how you felt about that. I mean, I think, yeah, it is kind of foggy, but I think it's the type of thing that it's, like, if you're coming to this movie for a, an action thriller, yeah, you're going sure. to be disappointed. But if yeah. you're coming for comedy, and it, it's almost just, like, they they know that, they have to have a plot to move the story along. They can't just follow which I, around. Which I give them credit for. For for yeah. as as comedies go, it's not the worst plot ever. It's not. No, not even yeah, it's it's pretty it's completely good, serviceable. It, yeah, you almost it almost just makes me wish that they brought in like another consultant to help with what. Which is what's confusing is because. Five years after this, Adam McKay does The Big Short, which is yes. all about finances. It's all about uh, Ponzi schemes. And yep. so it's just like, ah, just use some of that knowledge a little bit more to make the plot more coherent, almost. Yeah. Not not that it was incoherent. It was just unclear. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things for me. You, you just heard me say it, that I think that this the plot of the movie is serviceable. Yep. I think this is one of the things that people would point out and say, it's just an okay movie. It's just average. Um, I think that's one of the things. Another thing for me that I was just thinking of is, um, I know a lot of your favorite scenes take place outside of the, the police station. and But for me, all of my least favorite scenes take place outside of the police station. Um, <laughs> and, not, and not that they're not funny. And, yeah. Sometimes it just feels really random. Yeah. Like, to this day, I mean, I know why they go to his ex's house, and the scene in there is hilarious. <laughs> but, like, I still, in the, in the, it just feels random sometimes when I watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, when I say, yeah, those scenes are definitely not my favorite. I'll just, I'll just share my two favorite scenes that don't take place okay. uh, in the office. One of them is and it, I think it's one of the most underrated scenes in the movie. It's when Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg is in the support group at the yes. very Oh movie. my god. Okay, yeah, so the Derek Jeter stuff, yeah. Yeah, the Derek Jeter scene. Oh man. He's telling the story about how he was on detail 
uh, he was being groomed for a job in homicide, and he he shoots Derek Jeter in the tunnel, and then everyone just starts yelling at him, calling him the yeah. the Yankee Clipper. Like should have shot a Rod. <laughs> yeah, Derek Jeter's a biracial angel, and it, yeah. <laughs> that that scene is probably my favorite. Uh, and then this is a really small one, but it always makes me laugh. Is whenever they're in the car and driving together, and Will Ferrell will put in Little River Band. I have a uh, a vinyl record of Little River Band just because of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and the way that he reacts to Little River Band versus Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, so those are... But I do get what you're saying. Like, it does feel random. Like, uh, anytime that they're not <laughs> in the station interacting with each other and with the other cops, it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And again, that's not to say that those the scenes aren't funny or that yeah. uh, I didn't laugh. It's just sometimes it's just like, how did we get here? Yep. Like, what are, what, what are we here for? And just trying to put that together. Yeah. Uh, because although it is just a comedy, they are also trying to tell a, a buddy cop story, mystery, trying to put pieces together. So yeah. there is that component of it. And when I watch it, still trying to put the pieces together. Sometimes it just it just doesn't add up. But the Derek Jeter stuff is <laughs> absolute. It is remarkable. It's funny. It's great. Um, th- there's also some good cameos in that scene too. Oh um, yeah. Going back and thinking about it, it's just it's just great. And I want to get your opinion on the the two guys who rival them um, throughout uh, the movie. Rob Riggle and Damon Wayans. Yes. Yes. Uh, Martin and Fosse. I think they're hilarious, man. They really work for me too. And I, mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for Damon Wayans because yes. of New Girl, and uh, I watched a show with his dad growing up, hmm. um, or some relation to him. It might have been an uncle or something. But so funny. Um, yeah. I think he's hilarious. And then Rob Riggles, <laughs> he definitely is playing a character, which is awesome. Yeah, and I, I think they're great. I don't foils might be the right word but they're also the the perfect b-list version of dancing and i smith you know i mean like yes they they carry the same attitude and swagger but they're not nearly as good they're stupid they're they try to be that but aren't that and it's a great um kind of in opposition to our main characters who aren't trying to be that really no, Mark Wahlberg's character does, but um, Will Ferrell's character, Alan, does not want any part of it. And he wants to do paperwork. He wants to audit people. Yeah, well, because of his past, which is something we will get into in, in a minute. Um, and so our two main characters don't really want, besides, I mean, Mark Wahlberg kind of does, like I said. But Will Ferrell's just in it to figure this out, the scaffolding permit situation. And the other two characters, um, Riggle and Wayans, are trying to take the place of Dancing and Highsmith. They, yeah. They're not really too interested. If the case gets solved, it gets solved. But if it doesn't, we just want to look good doing it kind of deal. Yeah. So moving on, kind of, this. I think this is kind of towards the middle of the movie. We get another, I don't know, I don't know if it's a cameo. She's in the movie quite a bit. We meet Alan's wife. <laughs> Sheila. Sheila, yes. Uh, 
And at first, we get Alan showing Terry um, this video. And <laughs> it's also, if you haven't watched the other guys in a while and just kind of look over the scene, just watch this, the, the scene of the two of them watching this video of David Ershon. And all the small little lines in the video are just so great um, and so funny. I don't want to ruin them for you if you have not seen it because I want you to watch it. But... That whole scene in Alan's house uh, when his wife shows up. And this is kind of where, if you wanted to make a case for this movie not being very good, I could go with you on it. Yep. The way he treats Sheila, Alan treats Sheila. Makes me so sad. Could not work today in 2020. No, absolutely not. And even 10 years ago, I didn't think it was great. (laughs) Yeah. But 10 years later, there's no way they could get away with it. Yeah, yikes. Um, so what 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 are what were your impressions of this scene in the house with Terry and Alan and Sheila, and their conversation at the dinner table specifically? Um, when I first watched it as a as a thirteen year old, yeah. I was like, oh, this is funny. Like, mm. obviously, you know, he makes jokes about how she's unattractive, how the food is terrible, and he's just super mean to her. And I was like. It's funny because it's not true. Like, yeah. 13-year-old me was able to, you know, to think, oh, this is funny. Um, but watching- and I think the, the comments about when he says, like, uh, she's just okay or she's just average. When it comes to her physical attractiveness. Yeah. I think those lines are funny. Yeah. But it, the ones he, are can't, he can't contain himself. Yeah. I don't know if this is in the script or welfare. But he cannot contain himself. He took it too far multiple yep. times. Yep. It's, uh, and, and she is so nice to him still, even yes. when being terrible to her. Well, for a while. And then that yeah, is, it. that is true. She gives it back to him later, but it was yikes watching through it again yesterday. I mean, it just made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it definitely does. But I do love the introduction of the face back app here <laughs> and I do love the she's got mail reference as well, yep. which is also hilarious. Um, but I'm kind of with you. That dinner scene is for the most part uncomfortable. I like I like the dynamic of Mark Wahlberg's character Terry thinking Sheila is like the most attractive person he's ever seen, and every time Will Ferrell's like she just looks okay, he's like no she looks beautiful. What are you talking about? Like that dynamic is is hilarious. And then obviously. I think my favorite part of this whole scene is when they're leaving and uh, Alan's like, good night, Terry. And Terry is <laughs> saying good night to Sheila. And he's like, get, get back in the house, Alan. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's super funny. It was super well done. Um, and and it I, start- go, ahead. go ahead. It starts like this whole sequence, like I, like I mentioned earlier, if you wanted to make a case for why this movie's not great, um, I could see that. I, I still maintain that this scene is funny in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted to make the case of, oh, it's not really that funny or um, it's a little off color, uh, it's not like the jokes might be offensive and he doesn't treat his wife well. Like all of that is correct, yes. Yeah. But there are still some really, really funny moments in this scene. It also sets up one of the funniest recurring jokes for the rest of the movie that uh, attractive women love. Yes. Uh, Will Ferrell's character, yes. and he doesn't give them the time of day, and he yes. doesn't notice it. 
he has these attractive women coming up to him for the rest of the movie and he like they're falling all over themselves for him and he's like i didn't even notice like yeah (laughs) it starts with uh when they when they arrest david urshan and david urshan's hit squad shows up and uh one of the girls gets out and gives him a look and, and says something and uh, Terry's like, yo, why did she just look at you like that? <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, it's it, that that recurring joke is is pretty great. Yeah. And which sets up the the kind of conclusion, I guess, to that joke is the Christina stuff, his ex <laughs> that they go and see. Yikes. Which I was not a this honestly this scene with Christina. And her new man got me into Arnold Palmer. I had never drinking an Arnold Palmer until I saw this movie. So that tells you the impact that this scene uh, had on me. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. The, Ar- the, the Arnold Palmer alert, who wants an Arnie Palmy stuff is... Ar- who wants an Arnie Palmy? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, what did you think of the... Um, I, I don't, I don't want to call it a diversion, because they go there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but... Even now, after I've seen it 20 times, I still have trouble recalling what they actually went, <laughs> went there for. Um, the reason they go there is because they figure out that his phone, like, butt-dialed someone when they were, when the security team got in the car. And so they need the information that was left on the voicemail. Yeah. Whatever. That is fine. He ends up just stealing the phone. Uh I thought it was fine. You know, it was funny. Yeah. Any excuse to see uh, the guy who plays Murray on Stranger Things? Yes, uh, for the, Ar- sure. the Arnie Palmy guy. Yeah. Uh, he his his whole scene is hilarious. There are a couple of things that he says that um, <laughs> that always make me laugh when he he's laying down on the couch and it's just him and Terry because uh, Alan got up with Christine. Yeah. And he starts talking about uh, his body hair. Yeah. Dude, what is going on? <laughs> it is really funny. And then uh, Terry's like, Alan, we need to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it was so funny. Uh, and then I think my favorite part of this whole scene with Christina thing and, and everything is when they actually leave and they're sitting in the car at night. And they, uh, the two of them actually catch up to Alan and Terry and I think one of them says, how far did they go? Like 20 miles or something crazy? Like, it's just... It's a little throwaway line, but it's... A so little throwaway line. And honestly, the little throwaway lines in this movie are... Incredible. Some of my favorite. Um, I, when they're in the, the bar after the funeral, <laughs> and <laughs> Alan talks about auditing his parents at 13. Like, stuff like that, that is kind of like under the breath or like one line and they don't come back to it are the funniest parts of this movie for me. Or the Irish drinking song that he starts. Yes. It's like super depressing. And they all got pink eye. Yeah. That whole, yeah, it's great. And I want to come back to, I guess that, that funeral bar sequence for a minute because it is great. Um, when they fight each other in there and they're all whispering and everything. And Michael Keaton comes in and it's like, Oh, what the heck is going on? Like all this kind of stuff. And they're whispering, but the fight itself is hysterical. Yep. (laughs) It is so good. It's probably my favorite fight scene in the whole movie. 
I, I know there's like a lot of big explosions and stuff, but Which, did you know that I I didn't know this? It's all practical effects. Really? Yeah, it's all practical. That's kind of cool. That is that's kind of a cool tidbit. There are a lot of explosions in this movie, more than you might think, I guess. But yeah, uh, but they have this fight and uh, yeah, it's, it's Terry funny. Terry's like, I've always got your back, man. I've always got your back. We're partners. And although he probably didn't need to fight them, is probably the funniest part of. The whole thing, like yeah. it was so childish and immature, but it was so great. <laughs> Everything about these characters is childish and immature. That's what makes them so funny. Yes, and we we mentioned uh, Alan's ex just a minute ago, but Terry also has an ex in this movie, and yes. I think for a while this is was we talked about like favorite scenes outside of the police station. I think for a while the scene where uh, Terry goes to visit. Uh, his his ex yeah yeah in the ballet studio and and, you know alan's just at the door like he loves you very much fancy like that whole (laughs) that whole bit it's great and i think it's clearly not mark Wahlberg doing the ballet spinning because of the way it's shot and the way it's cut clearly uh it looks at his feet most of the time i was like oh okay well that's not really mark Wahlberg doing any of that uh But what do you think about the visit to see uh, Francine? I thought it was really funny. There's uh, there's one line that uh, it's either Mark Wall, it's one of them yells it at Francine. Yes. <clears throat> and it would it would not like it's one of those jokes that you could not tell today. Um, yeah. She's with a one of the dancers with her is an African American man, and mm-hmm. they call him a crack dealer. And a thug. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh would my not fly. goodness. Yeah, no. Yeah, would not fly. So I was like, did they really just say that? And then they just yeah. moved on and, and there's no comment about it. But uh, I mean, the rest of it was hilarious. Just that one scene, it was like, or that one line, it was like, yeah. oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they get outside of the ballet studio and, um, Mark Wahlberg makes the point that he learned to dance like that sarcastically, which I thought was was pretty great too. Which, and there was another line before that that would yeah. not fly today either. Yep. Uh, yep. Which is and, it's just so interesting. And it's the same reason that he learned to play the harp as yes. well. They throw that in at the <laughs> end. Yeah, it's it's great. It's funny that uh, he wanted to do it sarcastically, but who we the, the motivation would no, happen. it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, thinking through some of the other highlights of the movie for me, I always think about when they go to David Ershon's office. And this is another throwaway line. <laughs> Will Ferrell keeps making comments about the water. <laughs> about the cucumber. Yeah, it's so funny. And it, it's it, and again, we talked about this a lot already, but the throwaway line of just, wow, the cucumber accents the water in such a way. Like, it's just really funny. Like, I don't... I laugh so hard every time I see that scene, and yeah. and, then, and then we get the uh, they go to the Knicks game and they're courtside and um, the the Knicks fever stuff is is great too, uh, and then go to see the Jersey Boys and and all that kind of stuff and then the water joke kind of pays off again, yeah because they go the third time or whatever and he's like we're not here for any of the water <laughs> and Terry's like well I was actually kind of looking forward to it, <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, so what, what, what are some of the other highlights of the movie for you that we haven't touched upon? Um, 
I know there's probably one that I left out that you probably have on there, but I was kind of curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about the gator scene yet. The gator, yeah. Which uh, is, I, again, maybe something else that wouldn't fly? Nope. Ten years later? Probably not. Uh, we find out that uh, Will Ferrell's character ran a what he calls a dating service in college. Yeah. Uh, which actually he, mm, he, he rides a moral line. Yes, uh, very much so. And, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Um, and he, he justifies it for himself. Yeah. But. Uh, it's just funny having him, someone as, as, uh, seemingly kept like well kept, mm-hmm. uh, as Alan Gamble to yeah. have, uh, an alter ego like gator uh mm-hmm. when he calls himself gator in the third person and he just screams and yells and he almost like reverts back to the character at points yeah it's really yeah i think this is another will ferrell ish issue i have with this movie yeah i get i think the gator joke goes too far like i think it yeah. would have been really really funny if he tells the first part of it where it's just this innocent thing he's helping a friend and that's all it is to the story and he doesn't yep. necessarily go out of control. It was still innocent, you know, Alan Gamble, who wants to stay at his desk, who wanted to help a friend, but ended up doing something like far worse. But he, it, but just not going as, as far into like the the pimp side of it as Mark Wahlberg's character will call it. Um, but I just think it, it just went a little too far with it because I thought the op- the beginning of the the joke was really funny. The opening yeah. couple sequences. Well, and I wish it would have just, you know, now that I think about it, I wish they would have left it more open-ended. Because it is really funny when you find out that that's how uh, Sheila and Alan met. Yes. Yeah. She's doing her residency, and he comes in with poison ivy on his rectum. Yeah. Like, if, if almost that's just, like, this throwaway, you know, another throwaway line that's like, oh, this is part of the story. I wish we knew more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have been a fun way to approach that. But it gives Will Ferrell a chance to overact, which is something that he loves to do. Yeah, he definitely does love to do. And they tell this story, which is I thought, which is the scene I thought you were going to mention. They tell this after, right after they walk into an explosion, and <laughs> and Will Ferrell's lying on the ground saying how it's not accurate how people just walk away from explosions in movies. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Uh, I- yeah. He calls BS on Star Wars, like the whole thing. Like it's so great. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he just, oh, he's just screaming. This is so inaccurate. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's top five scenes in the movie for me, but that's pretty close. That's it's pretty up there. I also, However, go ahead. Just a small detail that they throw in the movie yeah. over and over again is every time that the security team picks up Alan and Terry and they do something with them, they take their shoes. Yeah. Which I heard someone say on uh, Twitter or somewhere that their feet are CGI'd in one scene. Oh wow. Did you notice that? I haven't seen I, I haven't noticed it since I haven't someone, either. Since someone said that. I'll have to go and look for it. But it wasn't clearly obvious to me if it was CG, but oh. I've heard heard that that it was. So I don't know. Interesting, nonetheless. But yes, that's a very funny bit. They keep taking their shoes. Um, they yeah, make it's... a lot of Prius jokes in the movie. Oh my gosh. I, I think 
that movie <laughs> is responsible for the is Prius. responsible for how everyone views the Prius. Yeah, it really is. Yep, it's bad, man. They make so many jokes about it. Yeah, and it, it's great. <laughs> something I didn't know about until today. Do you know who plays Dirty Mike in the movie? No. It's Adam McKay. Really? Huh. Yeah. So the director, the writer, plays this uh, homeless man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who keeps using their car for obscene adult. things. Yeah, adult <laughs> activities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I. That, yeah. Lots of. Lots I of saw, away lines. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter who was saying that they they thought the dirty mic and the boys thing was funny. Yeah. And I didn't. It didn't really work for me, to be honest. And it's not necessarily the dirtiness of it or or anything like that. It just. I just haven't. Every every time I've seen this movie, I just don't laugh at it. Like I don't. I don't know. Like what? It's just not my sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's they're throwing so many darts. Some of them are bound to not land, you know. Yes, and, and we're we're doing this show because we want to talk about average movies. And again, one of the things I think that makes this movie average is how many of those darts hit the target for yeah. you personally. Um, for me, cool. a quite a bit more hit than don't. Yeah. But for some people, the ones that don't really don't hit the target. And I think that's why, if I had to guess, that a lot of people just think this movie is just fine and just average. No, I, I think a lot of them, I don't know. I, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to figure out what percentage hit the target yeah. um, for me. I wonder if it's between the 70 to 80 percent of the jokes hit yeah Uh, i think that's kind of the target range but the ones that don't it's like oh man like i really don't think that's funny yeah which unfortunately i feel that i feel the same way about Step Brothers, about talladega knights about anchorman one and two like a lot of the adam mckay will ferrell comedy stuff some of it works for me yeah. Um, but like you just said, when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, the jokes that don't aren't funny at all to me are very, very unfunny. Yeah. But the jokes that are funny. Yes. Are, are yeah. Are for things sure. that we will quote. I mean, there, I've quoted this movie for the last 10 years. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's got to be one of the top five most quotable movies that I've seen. Um, at least just that I quote on the regular. Yeah, and if I uh, another I guess element of the movie that some people would consider to be just okay or just average, for me is really the entire third act. Um, is kind of the most forgettable part of the movie. Yeah. Um, obviously, right before that, we get a really funny but also very dark. Yeah. Uh, scene where Will Ferrell tries to talk the guy off the ledge. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. It's it's genuinely funny. I probably shouldn't laugh at it, but it is what Will Ferrell says is genuinely funny. Like I I can't help but laugh every time I see it. Uh, also, just in that sequence right there, it's at the Federal Reserve, and they, yes. uh, Alan and Terry go to the Federal Reserve, and Terry has no clue what the Federal Reserve is. He thinks <laughs> it's like a he thinks it's a bank. He thinks it's uh, yeah. and he just he keeps asking questions. He's like, I have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, and I think that's how a lot of people feel about the Federal Reserve. So yeah. it's kind of 
it was just kind of nice to have that. Um, but overall, yeah, it's a pretty for, forgettable sequence because we've got that. We've got the. Uh, well, they they get David Urshan. Yep. Um, then they go to his penthouse and and mm-hmm. they try to add some stakes to it and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just not as funny or. The throwaway lines kind of start to go away, or they're not as memorable. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes I feel like they set up are kind of resolved, I feel like, by the time the third act comes around. Yeah. Um, I, there are some exceptions to that. Um, but for the most part, I feel like a lot of the the gags and everything have been kind of wrapped up by the time the movie was over. Um, whether it be the TLC gag, you get the yeah. last one with Michael Keaton in Bed Bath & Beyond. The creep creep line is great, um, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of a lot of that stuff is kind of wrapped up before the last I don't know half hour of the movie or so. It almost just seems like they, you know, the movie's an hour forty minutes, and they're like, "All right, for an hour and five minutes, we've made this really funny movie that we want to make. Now we have thirty minutes to try and land this plane as yep. best we can." And mm. a lot of the jokes go out the window at that point and it's like all right let's land this movie uh at a place where we feel okay with it and then they they come back and they wrap it up and there's a lot of humor yes in the, in the, in the wrap-up of it yeah yeah but it's like that 30 minute stretch you know there's there's some humor the there, the there is there is the line that alan says that's hilarious when he's <laughs> driving and the helicopter comes up it's like, yo, where do you learn to learn learn to drive like that grand theft, grand, auto. grand theft auto yeah it's a great line like there are still moments that are funny in that third act. I just think the the parts of the movie that stay with me are pretty much everything that happens before that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Except for there's one line that I've always thought is hilarious, and it's a little uh, inappropriate. It's the it's the line that Damon Wayans says at the very end of the movie. Uh, yes. <laughs> I got you. Yes, it's very funny. Yeah. It always makes me laugh hysterically. Yeah. Yep, and, and we we have already mentioned that we absolutely adore this movie as a whole. Yeah, and the point of this podcast is just to kind of, if it sounds like we're being negative, it's it's not because we don't love this movie and we do. Yeah. it's just on this podcast we try to figure out why people think certain movies are average or not very good or not great. Um, and so in that, just kind of thinking like the things in this movie that just I don't want to say don't work, but don't work for people on a level that they worked for you and I when we watched this movie. Um, Some of the jokes, the third act. um, But as a whole, Austin, what's going to stay with you from the other guys? The other guys armed me with uh, a lifetime of jokes, quotables, memes, and gifts that I will be able to use forever. Um, That's fair. It's a movie that I can put on with the boys mm-hmm. and just and just laugh. Uh, it reminds me of good memories I have with my dad and my brother. Um, the movie's not great. No. It's not, it's it, not perfect. But it, it is always going to hold a, a very special place in my heart. So why do you think then that this movie, I feel like until last week, I don't, I know it dropped on Netflix. But it yeah. kind of felt like out of nowhere, people were talking about this movie again. 
I felt well, like for a long time, like this was the forgotten Will Ferrell yeah. comedy that's great. You know what I mean? I felt like, you know, this this movie was a movie that I loved. I thought it was hilarious. And I, every time that people would talk about what's your, you know, what's the funniest movie you can think of, this would be the one that I would like throw into the ring. Yeah. Uh, yep. I love the other guys. And everyone was like, I've never seen it. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I feel the same way about this and Dinner for Schmucks, which is a Steve yep. Carell movie. Uh, both, I think, are absolutely hilarious. Very different movies. Mm-hmm. But this one got no love when it came out, which is funny because it, I mean, it made a decent amount of money for a comedy at the box office. Yeah. Um, but it just, it got, it got no love until it dropped on Netflix. And then I think I saw a couple viral tweets like, mm-hmm. uh, get it an Oscar or it deserves, yeah. it deserves an Academy Award. So, uh, I don't know. I, I like that it has the second, the second life, the second run. popularity. Uh, what about you? Yeah. So the things that are going to stick with me from the other guys, you know, yes, it has its bad jokes at times. Yes, the third act's a little forgettable and all that kind of stuff. But none of that is what's going to stay with me. And the the things that are going to stay with me are just the subtle conversations, the female body inspector mug (laughs) sequence, the the 9:15 a.m. Let's have a great day, everybody. Stuff is gonna stay with me. The 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 TLC stuff I still quote to this day more than anything. Like I'll just randomly drop a TLC quote and see if anyone understands the reference. Um, not just the TLC, but to the other guys as a whole. Yes. Um, and it also made me appreciate some of these actors, like Michael Keaton, who I've never seen in a comedy before, be absolutely hilarious, and want to see more from in comedies, and. I just grew an appreciation also for Will Ferrell's comedy, even though sometimes it is over the top, even though, cause I'm not a huge Step Brothers fan. I know that's a hot take, um, but it just didn't work that well for me. Yeah. And, and so this movie with Will Ferrell's little side comments with his, um, just the normal guy he plays being so funny, uh, really made me grow an appreciation for him. And not only for him, but for Mark Wahlberg too, as a comedian, his comedy in this movie is pretty much always on the spot, always timed just right. And he's really great in this movie. And it was something that I wasn't sure would work. Uh, I mean, the trailers were funny. So I was like, yeah, it'll probably be funny. Uh, But in the movie, he, he has, he steals a lot of scenes. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And besides that, all that stuff, um, it's just great. And I, that's a great comedy is going to stick with me and because there's not a ton out there anymore. I feel like, yeah. Um, so a comedy that's good, that's competent, that's funny. That's the joke. Stay with you. You can quote it. Um, it's kind of lost these days. I feel like, yeah. um, I mean the last one I can think of that I truly adored was game night. I don't know if you've seen game night or yes, not. That's so good. That's like the last comedy that I can think of that I was laughing hysterically like crying laughing and it's great did you watch tag no i have not seen tag okay tag is kind of similar to that as well yeah and so it was just nice to have a a good competent comedy in a sea full of of crap really (laughs) to to be honest and when i think about it now like there honestly aren't a whole lot of comedies that get made no the comedies that do get made are not good and or they, are very are very niche. Like, yeah. 
um, they'll appear uh, appeal to a very certain demographic. Yeah. That's usually not me, which is I think the hard part. Whether <laughs> and it's all star Rebel Wilson. Yes. <laughs> whether it's a rated R Seth Rogen raunchy comedy that I'm not gonna enjoy, whether it's um, an all female comedy, which some of those are hilarious. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, but but they're not necessarily directed at me or intended for me to go see them. Yeah. Uh, the Tiffany Haddish comedies, like all those kind of things, like none of those really appeal to my sensibilities. And this one does in a lot of ways. Um, and that's really nice. And above everything else, it introduced you to the world of Arnold Arnie Palmies. Yes. Yes. That might be the, its biggest contribution is now I drink Arnold Palmer on the regular and I never did before that. And I think right around this time too, the, the ESPN did the Arnold Palmer commercial. Yeah. And those two things happening kind of at the same time, uh, really had me engaged in Arnold Palmer for bless you, Adam, a good okay. while. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have one question for you. Yes. Uh, go for it. Okay. So this is a question I think about all the time. So in the, in the vein of buddy cop movies, if you are yep. going to do a buddy cop movie with two people, I, I'm I'm coming out of nowhere with this. Okay. If you were going to yeah, do a buddy cop movie with two people, who would you do? A buddy cop movie with two people. Um, I think there may... I don't know if this is... I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Um, I know Taika Waititi is in that movie, but I don't know if it's a, a buddy cop situation. Okay. But I would love to see Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi in a buddy cop movie. That'd be I think. It would just be a riot, and I would enjoy it thoroughly. Um, I also am a huge fan of Kumail Nanjiani, yes. and he's been in... I think he has another one coming out soon that's very similar to Stuber. Oh um, but I would love to see him be in the, on the cop side of things with somebody else, too. Um, I'm trying to think of some other like really great combinations. Um, I, I think Chris Hemsworth should get a shot. At a, yeah. at a buddy cop movie. The dude's hilarious. And I really think uh, if a buddy cop comedy kind of deal, I think Chris Hemsworth would be hilarious. We kind of saw that in Thor Ragnarok with the Hulk, but yeah, an actual one. I mean, I have one answer to this and it's not very self-serious. So this, okay. would, this would be a, a good note to end today's podcast on. Okay. Uh, if I were going to cast a buddy comedy, I want a buddy com a buddy cop movie uh, starring Baby Groot and Baby Yoda. That's that's what that I want. That would be great. Thing. Yeah, that would be great. Disney would... owns both properties. Let's make it happen. Disney Plus, come on now. Baby right. Yoda, Baby Groot. Tell me you wouldn't watch that. Everyone would watch that. It would be the most yeah. adorable thing in the world. Yes. I, yeah, I could not take my eyes <laughs> off the screen. Uh, and on that note, we'll end today's podcast. Uh, if you had to give a, a score to the other guys, we'll say out of five, what would you give it? Oh man, um, I'll say I'll say a three seven, three eight. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What about you? I'm a little higher. I'm a four out of five. Um, okay. And just because of all the reasons we just kind of went through a few minutes ago of why this movie has stuck around with us, um, and how we quote it, and how how it affects like what we say, and just the, the TLC quotes and and everything else. Um, it's stuck with me more than most comedies have. Uh, I can't remember much of Anchorman 2 or Talladega Nights as well as I can remember pretty much all of this movie. Um, and so for that reason, it's a four out of five for me. Yeah. Uh, but 
Any last words for you on the other guys? Uh, I love you, Michael Keaton. I think that's a very appropriate way to end. Thank you for listening to today's podcast about the other guys. We had a ton of fun revisiting it and talking about everything that works, everything that doesn't work. Again, we do not think this movie is average. As you can tell by our scores, we think it's great. Um, but there are people who do think it, it is average. So we decided to, to kind of sit down and talk about things we like and, and things we don't to try to find uh, why some people think it's average. I know people on Twitter were like, why are you doing this movie? Everybody loves it. I was like, well, not everybody. And not everyone loves it. Yeah. So I hope that you can, you can kind of see where we're coming from on why we do love it and why some people would not. Um, but we do think it's iconic Watch it on Netflix over and over and over and over and over again and quote it and have it live with you for a while. Yes. And we'll see you next week uh, on the podcast. We do not have a movie picked for next week yet. I don't think, but as soon as we do have one picked, we will tell you and let you know. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to follow, rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Thank you for listening. Austin, thanks for joining me again. Hey, thank you. This is fun. Always is. All right, we'll see you next time. All right, see ya.